From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. It is the national news from the WIA for week commencing May 29, the last autumn weekend for 2022. In today's news, thanks to Lee Moyle, VK3GK, we'll be attending Dayton Hamvention. And also, thanks to the WIA Virtual Conference Organising Committee, we'll be having a look at the WIA Virtual Conference Antarctic Gateway Presentations. The afternoon of presentations with an Antarctic Gateway theme are now available for all of us to view on the Ham Radio DX YouTube channel. The first presentation was by Professor Ellie Ling and was titled Mixed Signals, the impact of wireless on the Australasian Antarctic Expedition 1911-1914. Our second presenter was our very own Rex Monocure, VK7MO, was Director of the Australian Antarctic Division between 1988-1999 and his presentation covered many aspects of Antarctica including the geopolitics, history, Amateur radio connections, the move to ANAREAST satellite system, the rebuilding program and finishing with some examples of Murphy's Law. Our third presenter was Dr Andrew Clickenclight from the Atmospheric Studies in the Australian Antarctic Program at the Australian Antarctic Division. The fourth and fifth presenters were Peter Yates, VK7PY, and Kim Briggs, VK7KB, and was titled Antarctic Communications, Challenges and Review. The presentation covered the review of the communications from the 1960s through the present day and the challenges of providing communications in Antarctica. Thanks to all involved for making it happen and supporting our national representative body, the WIA. And that's 73 is from WIA Virtual Conference Organising Committee. Last weekend, new WIA director Chris VK3FY and Lee VK3GK attended Dayton Hamvention in Ohio. Good morning from WIA Vice President Lee Moyle, VK3GK. Dayton Hamvention is renowned to be one of the big three hamfests in the world. The other two are Frederickshavn in Germany being held in late June and Tokyo Hamfair, which is to be held in August this year. For those local VK Hamfest attendees, here is a size comparison. Wyong Field Day or Mayhem, which is VK's biggest Hamfest, I understand gets about 500 to 600 attendees. Local VK3 Hamfest attract about 250 to 350 attendees, with often having 40 to 70 vendor tables booked is not uncommon. Dayton Hamvention usually attracts about 35,000 attendees from all over the world, although most are from the USA. This is over 100 times bigger than our local hamfests. It's hard to comprehend unless you have experienced the event firsthand. Rough statistics this year suggest about 29 to 30,000 attendees. Down a little this year, but COVID is quite prevalent in most parts of the USA. Also, many countries' borders are still restricted or closed to tourist travel. There are six main buildings that cater for over 460 vendor booths. The outside flea market or car boot sales area, which is the whole inside arena of the Green County Fairgrounds, has just over 2,700 spaces available. This year, most spots were taken up by sellers. The weather in Dayton is quite predictably unpredictable. 
but you can guarantee hot and humid days of around 28 to 30 C with a humidity in the 70 to 80 percent range. Along with the usual thunderstorm and tornado warnings, which we had in both cases. The Hamfest program is comprehensive and starts early on Thursday morning with Contest University or CTU. Registrations from 7am with CTU starting at 9am till 5pm finish. This year it was live streamed on YouTube and will be available for viewing after the event. Evenings are taken up by specialist dinners. The DX dinner and contest dinners are the favourites of many and this is where the DXs and contesters are recognised for their contributions to amateur radio and inducted into the respective halls of fame. Afterwards the hospitality suites take over which are social get-togethers with tall stories and tales of that all-time new one that just got away. Hamvention runs 9am till 5pm Friday, Saturday and the first half of Sunday 9am till 1pm close. First prize giveaway this year was an ICOM 7851 with many consolation prizes as well. Directors Chris and Lee took the opportunity to meet with other international peak body representatives such as the ARRL, RSGB, DARC and the IARU. We discussed the potential changes to our VK licensing structure, high power proposals, examination processes amongst many other things. It was great to meet ARRL President Rick Roderick, K5UR, and ARRL FCC Council David Siddle, K3ZJ. Early discussions were had about reciprocal licensing processes, along with CPT and HAREC compliance. The WIA will be following up on the ongoing Zoom meetings to solidify the relationships. So good luck and good DX for the weekend. That's it for this week. 7-3 from Lee, VK3GK. Thanks, Lee. Although this trip was partly official WIA business, it was totally self-funded by both Chris and Lee, and as such, no members' funds were hurt in the process. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Media Watch, I'm Graham VK4 Double B and... Florida broadcasts Ukraine war news on shortwave. CBS News reports a farm in central Florida has become one of the largest shortwave radio operations in the world. Using Cold War era radio technology, Jeff White and his WRMI team are broadcasting unbiased information on the status of the Russian war on Ukraine to listeners in Belarus, Ukraine and Russia. You can watch the CBS News report at the link we like when you read www.wia.org.au and look for this week's text edition. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. And as always, our international news is with thanks to IARU, RSGB, RAC, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, NZART, EHAM, Amateur Radio Newsline, and the worldwide sources of your WIA. Commencing news from Region 1, I'm sure avid fans of this, the WIA National News Service, will recall our report mid-last year about the UK fire at Billsdale. 
BBC News have now reported that fire, which destroyed a TV and radio transmitter, was caused by water getting into electrics at the site. The Billsdale transmitter caught fire on the 10th of August, leaving more than 600,000 homes across Teesside, County Durham and North Yorkshire without signals. Arkiva, which operated the mast on the North York Moors, said the water damage was connected to a third-party equipment and again has apologised to customers who lost services because of the fire. New hams in the UK have a whole array of new reasons to get involved, get on the air and get even more enjoyment out of amateur radio. A series of award certificates will be issued to help them mark each achievement they make in their new journey. Jeremy Boot, Golf 4 November Juliet Hotel, reporting on Amateur Radio Newsline, has said Foundation licence holders are being encouraged to move forward in their on-air activities and progress toward intermediate and full licence level. The Radio Society of Great Britain is calling the incentive programme Brickworks because its goal is to build on the foundation. Its national release two years ago was slowed by the pandemic and subsequent lockdown, so the society is breathing new life into it by actively encouraging clubs and individuals to sign up. With the assistance of local clubs, newcomers can mark their achievements by attending club meetings, writing software, undertaking construction projects, logging QSOs and getting involved in contests. Even making a cup of tea for the next club meeting count towards points, certificates are available at the silver, gold, platinum and diamond levels. In news from Region 2, the 13th annual AMSAT TAPR Banquet, always a highlight of the AMSAT and Tucson Amateur Packet radio activities during the Dayton Hamvention, was dedicated to honouring the life and accomplishments of long-time amateur satellite and amateur packet pioneer Bob Bruninga, Whiskey Bravo 4 Alpha Papa Romeo, who passed away in February. Reminiscences of Bob and his career as a professor of engineering at the US Naval Academy were offered by Bob Maguire, November 4 Hotel Yankee, and by Frank Bauer, Kilo Alpha 3 Hotel Delta Oscar. Following these presentations, a number of attendees offered anecdotes about Bob's work, often behind the scenes, to facilitate amateur satellites and develop enhanced modes of digital communication. Cuban radio amateurs have always distinguished themselves by their expression of solidarity and their manifestations of help in the face of any disaster situation going promptly wherever the presence of a helping hand or the deployment of their means of communication has been needed, all of which has contributed to the safeguarding of thousands of human lives and large material resources. This happened with the presence of the group of 30 colleagues who, from the provinces of Havana, Artemisa, Villa Clara and Pina del Rio, participated in the general actions of logistics and rescue in the capital hotel Saratoga after the unfortunate accident destroyed much of the structure of this legendary tourist facility and will also affect other nearby buildings. They exhibited the vast experience accumulated throughout the country where they've given their support in the mobilisations of defence, 
the civil defence in the presence of cyclones, various meteorological events, natural disasters and in as many opportunities as they've been summoned by the authorities of the country, integrating into the formations of the emergency network in all the municipalities of the nation of Cuba. For VK1 WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. You're tuned to VK1 WIA News. This news broadcast can be heard on linked repeaters VK6AUF Perth 438.525 and VK6RMS Mount Saddleback 147.250 Sundays 9am and 7pm. I'm Trevor, VK6YJ. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Now, contest-wise, one's looming and one result. Then we'll open the DX window. 2022. This weekend sees the running of the WPXCW contest. The WPX contest is based on an award offered by CQ magazine for working all prefixes, drawing thousands of entries from around the world. This major CW contest takes place this weekend, 28 and 29 of May. From 000 hours UTC on Saturday until 23.59 hours UTC on Sunday. International CQ Pride Contest June 4-6. Plus a brand new worldwide digital contest also June 4-6. VK Shires Contest 11 June 2022. WIA VHF UHF Field Days Winter 2022. OG 100 hours UTC Saturday 25 June through 0159 hours UTC Sunday 26 June. IAA UHF World Championship Next Contest is July 9 and 10. WIA Trans Tasman Low Band Contest 16 July. The Trans Tasman Contest held on the third weekend in July. Aims to encourage low band activity between VK and ZL. RSGP IOTA contest is July 30, 31. WIA RD or Remembrance Day contest. Weekend closes the 15th of August each year. 2022 with Saturday, Sunday, August 13, 14. Results. On the weekend of the 14th and 15th of May, the St. George Amateur Radio Society held the Don Edwards Memorial Slow Moors contest. Several dozen amateurs took part, many of whom are using Morse for the first time in years or even decades, and at times it was more of a chat than a contest. Those who took part are encouraged to submit their logs, even if they only made a couple of contacts. Logs can be emailed to contest at sgars.org by midnight Tuesday 31st of May. Rules are available on the website and participants are encouraged to carefully read the rules as bonus points are available. DX Window CQ DX Hall of Fame There will be no inductees into the DX Hall of Fame for 2022, as the judging committee determined that none of the nominees met the high standard required for selection. Listen for Rafael, the A5XV, who hopes to be on the air from Panama as the A5XV stroke HP1 this weekend. June 28th until September the 12th. Listen for him on SSB. RSGB Commonwealth Games Activities. 
The Cornwall Games will be held in Birmingham later this summer. It will see around 4,500 athletes from 72 nations and territories compete in 19 sports across 14 competition venues. The RSGB has just published news of the various activities it is planning to link with the Games. Find out more on the Society's website rsgb.org forward slash cwg. Fabian, DF3XY is active as 3B8 stroke DF3XY from Mauritius, AF049, until June the 2nd on 40, 30 and 20 metres, where Fabian will be using mostly FT8. QSL via DF3XY, direct, by the Bureau or EQSL. Best of all, Fabian also welcomes cards from shortwave listeners. For you, ITU, Geneva. The sporadic operating from 4U1 ITU will continue until June 3rd. The station was closed for about two years, which took its toll on the antennas. Currently only a wark band dipole and step IR for 40, 20, 15 and 10 metres are available. This may be the last operating window before the building's refurbishment, which is due to begin at the end of 2022 and last for several years. Another four-year station, this from Italy, and is operating until Tuesday. Members of the United Nations Global Service Centre, ARC, in Brindisi, are QRV as 4U 29 May, until May 31. Co. JA1ADT will be on the air as JD1AJD from Ogazawa, AS031, between June 24 and July 2nd. On 26 metres, where he will be using CWNFT8. QSL's to home call. Again, that is JA1ADT. Marshall Islands, B73MS. B73MS is on Kwajalein Atoll on 20, 17, and 15 metres, between 0600 hours and 0900 hours Zulu. For BK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK for FUQ Inningham. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1 WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole VK3GTV. Hello, first up in Worldwide Special Interest Group's news this week is ARDF, a new slant on an old-style event. In South Africa, the Santon Amateur Radio Club is hosting an open social picnic braai and a family-friendly fox hunting event at the Field and Study Centre in Santon. The park is both family and pet-friendly. What's a braai, you ask? It's what we Aussies would call a barbecue. All you have to bring along is your family, friends, food, drinks and utensils and, uh, oh yeah, a handheld with an antenna if you wish to participate in the rescue of Fred and Fiona, the club's two radio foxes who we understand from their last garbled mobile phone contact have gotten themselves horribly lost in the park and need rescuing. Lucky for them, they're equipped with VHF emergency rescue beacons that will be active on the day. All young rescuers will receive a goodie bag from Fred and Fiona as a thank you. 
This looks like being a social and picnic or braai, with braai coals available, and a super outing with fellow amateurs, and perhaps also Fred and Fiona, if they're rescued in time for lunch, that is. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. An additional amateur radio system has been delivered to the International Space Station, and it's expected that astronauts will install it in the next few weeks. The installation will mean that the amateur radio on the ISS will no longer have to switch periodically between FM voice crossband repeater mode and APRS packet mode. Rather, both operating modes will be able to be activated simultaneously. NASA's InSight Mars lander mission will likely conclude by the end of the year as power levels for the spacecraft continue to decline, project officials have confirmed. They said science operations will likely end in July as the output of the spacecraft's two solar panels, coated with Martian dust, drops below critical levels. Rumours are flying, even faster than WA's Radio Gaga gossip service, that after satellite operator Global Star announced an agreement with a large global customer to build out a new communications network, just months after announcing that an unidentified potential customer had put up more than $300 million to finance the purchase of 13 new satellites. The scuttlebutt from Region 2 is that Apple is behind these deals, with the goal of utilising Global Star to provide satellite connectivity to a future iPhone. Two military satellites recently exchanged more than 200 gigabits of data over a distance of about 100 kilometres using laser communication in space. Satellites generally don't communicate directly with each other. Instead, they use radio signals to transfer data down to a ground station on Earth, which then relays the data to another satellite. Optical terminals between satellites are considered to be faster and more secure. The two satellites, named Abel and Baker, were launched last summer by the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And speaking of defense, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Military, HF Radio in the Spotlight. The U.S. military is exploring ways to expand its use of the HF bands in one region of the world. Amateur Radio Newsline's Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, has that report. HF Radio is making a comeback for the United States military which has been struggling with reliable means of over-the-horizon communication in the Indo-Pacific. That massive region's communication needs are served largely by undersea fiber cables and satellites, both of which are deemed vulnerable to both deliberate and accidental damage. The U.S. Defense Information Systems Agency is eyeing HF as a reliable backup should an interruption occur in either of the other two delivery modes. Officials acknowledge that HF's slower data transmission rate and the military's use of smaller bandwidth would not make HF ideal for full-time connectivity, but it is nonetheless a viable alternative when no other option exists. According to an article in Signal, a publication of the nonprofit AFCEA testing is already underway in part of the Pacific that includes Malaysia, Australia, Fiji, and Singapore. The Indo-Pacific Command's relief network has been testing HF out as part of its humanitarian assistance and disaster relief work, including a transmitter in Oahu. Meanwhile, a combat communication squadron of the United States Air Force based in Guam is working with the single sideband shortwave transmitters of the Air Force High Frequency Global Communication System for Voice Communications. 
Elsewhere, modes used for the annual Pacific Endeavor interoperability exercise are being widened to include newer HF technologies for basic data communications. One official told the Signal website that these actions are being taken to expand the mode's reliability. Beyond compensating for satellite and fiber optic vulnerability, officials say they also look forward to the next generation of HF technology, which will allow higher speeds and wideband transmission making full motion video possible for surveillance, airborne intelligence, and related activities from the air. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. Thanks, Kevin. Next up, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the Ham's Domain. Faster internet speeds on offer to millions of UK households. Gigabit broadband is available to 66%, which is around 19.3 million of all UK homes, up from 37% a year ago, according to OCAM's Connected Nations Spring Update. The snapshot of broadband and mobile availability across the UK and its nations as of January this year also shows that 33% of homes can now get full fibre broadband. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Yota, youngsters on the air. With the latest news, it's over to Alec, VK2APC. Thank you, Cole. An 18-year-old is exploring the depths of space with his radio, Interesting Engineering have published an article about 18-year-old radio amateur Drew Reba, Kilo Charlie 9 Zulu Juliet X-Ray, who hopes to develop a program that will enable youth to build and program microsatellites. When Reba was 9, he received his ham radio technician license, becoming the youngest person of Indian origin until then to receive the same. That earned him a spot in the Limca Book of Records, the same year he attained the general class license. A senior specialising in computer science at Normal Community High School in Bloomington, Reba firmly believes that getting into amateur radio was a stepping stone to various other fields, the space industry, for example. In 2017, Reba was part of the amateur radio on the International Space Station, ARISS, project. This program involves us amateur radio operators across the world speaking directly to astronauts and cosmonauts through their handheld, mobile or home radio stations. Two years later, in 2019, Rebel was named Young Ham of the Year. Currently, I'm the lead of statewide program called 4H in Space Mission Command. I have been working with Illinois 4H and the University of Illinois Department of Aerospace to develop a program that will enable youth to build and program microsatellites that will be launched into orbit, Reba says. For VK1 WIA National News, I am Alec, VK2 APC in Sydney. Now back over to you, Cole. Thanks, Alec. Now on to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. And in the interest of keeping listeners, I didn't subject you to me attempting to sing that line, hi hi. And some wind it's been throughout May. Aris activated in Oklahoma for tornado cleanup communications. To help with emergency communications support following an outbreak of tornadoes that have hit, the Oklahoma Department of Emergency and Management and Homeland Security requested support from the Oklahoma Amateur Radio Emergency Service, Aris. At least a dozen tornadoes have touched down in the central and eastern parts of Oklahoma. 
A tornado that struck in Seminole, Oklahoma, left plenty of damage, according to the National Weather Service. The tornado was a mile wide, and its path totaled 31 miles. As an old John Anderson tune once rang out, So blow, blow, Seminole wind, blow like you're never going to blow again. The request for the Amateur Radio Emergency Communication Support saw amateur radio operators active providing voice communications between chainsaw and debris removal teams from their base at Seminole State College's Volunteer Centre. Well, it's time for me to jump in my surrey with a fringe on top and mosey on out of here. I'll catch you again next week. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. On the social scene in VK2, fast approaching Oxley Region Amateur Radio Clubs Field Day, June 11 and 12. VK5, the Australian Fox Hunting Championship and the Sir Convention. That also is the Mount Gambier at Queen's Birthday weekend in June. VK6, Perth Tech happens October 21 to 23. VK7, Myena Hamfest, Saturday, November 19. And in 2023, Alara Meet 2023, it happens November 4 and 5. But remember, Alara Meet is 2023. Oh, and by the way, it's in Hobart. Now till next we meet, we'll meet you right here again at the same spot on your radio dial or on your local ATV station or even if you've asked Google to play WIA National News. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.